Hey there, Sake On Air listeners. We've got great news. The Sake Future Summit is coming back. On both January 7th and 14th, the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association is once again hosting a series of presentations and panel discussions featuring a range of inspiring individuals that are working hard to chart an exciting path for the future of sake in Japan and across the globe. This year's summit will be taking place from 6 to 11 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, which will be 3 to 8 p.m. Pacific Time on Saturday, January 7th, as well as Saturday, January 14th. For viewers in Japan, that'll be 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on both Sunday the 8th and the 15th. Viewers are encouraged to tune in throughout the broadcast to share questions and comments during the live and pre recorded sessions. For those located in less than accommodating time zones, there will be a rebroadcast of both days' programming to be scheduled as well. We'll be sure to keep you updated on details here at Sake on Air as they materialize, but also be sure to follow the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to their official YouTube channel for future updates and viewing as well. Mark your calendars, prepare some sake and shochu, and join us for the Sake Future Summit this January. Now, on with the show. The people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first, it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989.、Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. Of- Welcome, and as always, thanks again for tuning into a brand new episode of Sake on Air, the world's very first podcast dedicated to expanding the dialogue surrounding Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Cindy Bissig, and I'm taking over from our regular hosts this week because we are still continuing with our semi mini series of sake travel. And having traveled around Japan for the past two years in the name of sake, pretty much researching this topic on the ground, I am excited to share some of the things I found with you. And today we will be talking about one of my home bases, Kyoto. I will be joined by Kyoto local sake concierge, writer, YouTuber, sake tourism lecturer, and all around amazing human being and friend, Takashi Umio Eguchi, who has introduced me to many amazing spots, breweries, and bars. So I'm excited to talk to him about Kyoto and, in particular, Fushimi today. So, with that, Why don't you pour yourself a cup of whatever is your favorite beverage and we head straight in? So, Umio, first of all, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited that you have made some time in your busy schedule to join us. Thank you for having me today, Cindy. Always a pleasure. And I also want to say, in case you're not aware of all the beautiful things Umio does, he is, among other things, the man behind the sake tasting notes. Of the Japanese Sake Bible by Brian Ashcroft,、um, a book that many of us love, especially for its tasting notes. So, really, job well done. But I know you also have other projects that you're doing. So, maybe you want to just share a little bit of, of what you're up to. I'm,、uh, I'm writing、uh, articles and I'm editing and, and broadcasting YouTube videos about sake and sake culture. And at the sakeconcierge.com, I write tasting notes and、uh, interviews with、uh, brewers and tojis and the brewery owners. 
and the tasting notes with the story about the sake brewery and the region. On the YouTube, I regularly post my tasting video with the stories about the sake and the brewery. And uh, sometimes I post sake essay videos in YouTube. And you also travel a fair amount, right? Because we met not in Kyoto, we met on a sake festival in Nagoya, where you were holding a lecture about sake and tourism, right? Right, right. Yes, <laughs> it, it was like, it was a, it was like, it was not like a lecture, it was a, it was a lecture, but I was talking about the, what attracts me, what attracts travelers, and uh, the story about sake journeys. So sake journeys is the way to find the the good things in the re in the regions, and the, the traveler's role is to find the good things in the region, which local people are not aware of, and the uh, communicate the good thing about the region to the people outside the region. I talked about that. That this was that like like this was like an essay of as a traveler, and that's exactly why we have you on the show today because I think you are the perfect person to talk about all things sake tourism and how to help travelers to find these places that are often quite difficult, especially when you are not speaking Japanese. And although you are not from Kyoto, now you are based in Kyoto, right? Right, right. I lived in various places, and uh, I before Kyoto, I lived in Tokyo for twenty years, and and I moved to uh, Kyoto about like ten years ago. But before that, I didn't drink sake very much. I actually I started drinking sake when I moved to Kyoto. In that sense, that that my life in Kyoto is my life in sake. And that's so beautiful. And I'm kind of trying to figure out why are we talking about Fushimi and not Kyoto at this point. But you you have a very good reason why you thought Fushimi was a great topic to cover to help people travel. What was the reason why we picked this? <laughs> Remind me. Fushimi is, yes, it's my, my first sake. Oh, when I moved to Kyoto, I, I tasted the great sake, the tasteful sake of Fushimi and several brands of Fushimi, because in the, in the city of Kyoto, it is, it, the Kyoto is close to Fushimi, the sake production area, and many brewers drinking sake in Izakayas, and many brands are available in Izakayas in Kyoto. And uh, my first Kurabiraki, the open brewery, brewery open day for the, the customers, Fushimi was the first place where I visited the brewery. And I found that the Fushimi is a unique place, unique sake production place where the around like 25 breweries accumulated within a radius of two kilometers. They're so dense. And where we feel the brewing culture and sake culture and the beautiful landscape of this historical city and the people in the local community. So for anyone who might not be familiar with Fushimi and where it is, it's located to the south of Kyoto, about a 30-minute train ride from Kyoto Station, but it's also accessible from Osaka, although I'm not entirely sure how long it, it takes if you're coming from Osaka. Um, there is, as Umiyo said, there's more than 20, 
25 sake breweries. There's also a sake museum and there is plenty of sake bars and obviously restaurants. It's also one of the best kept sakura, that's the cherry blossom viewing spots because of its layout. It has a beautiful river going through the middle of the town. It passes the brewery. So if you are in Fushimi in April, in the cherry blossom season, you can actually take a little boat cruise along the river through cherry blossom trees and alongside the brewery. So it is a very popular spot for people from Kyoto, but still not so very well known for yeah. people from abroad, right? Right. And uh, yes, the, the Sakura Sakura boat is, I remember in the first spring of my life in Kyoto, I visited Fushimi and I appreciated the, the Sakura and the ship. And the boat is actually the uh, a reconstructed sake cargo ship of Edo period. That's awesome. I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. So, so, you, so it's the, the Fushimi is a tourist place, not only for sake lovers, but for the, the sober people. But you appreciate the, the sakura and the boat, the history, everything. Yeah, it's definitely very beautiful. But also, aside from it just being beautiful all through the seasons, mm -hmm. there's a lot of history in Fushimi, right? And I know you're taking some of your students as part of your sake tourism course to Fushimi. So maybe you can tell us a bit about why Fushimi is such an interesting place. The Fushimi has a history of sake brewing. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, the, the density of the sake breweries is, I think it's the highest in, in Japan. And uh, if you walk, walk through the, the Fushimi, you will like see the many buildings and many places, many tourist spots, which you feel the history and the sake culture. For example, the canal, the river, the canal that you mentioned, in, uh, you mentioned, they were used for transporting ingredients, rice and sake before the, the rail system was developed. And uh, there used to be a moat of the Fushimi castle beforehand and the, the sake industry, they reconstructed the moat to the canal. And that's the, the thing is that, of course the canals are not used for the water transportation anymore. They're only for the tourist spot, but as we walk down the, the city of Fushimi, you will see many things of many historical things. When I was walking down the Fushimi with the local people, I found the, some slopes between two canals. And I asked him, what is a slope? And he said, there used to be uh, streams from the higher river to the lower canal. And there used to be water wheels, water mills. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what what is this for? Water means was essential for sake brewing because rice milling is a good rice milling results in good quality of sake. And there used to be many tens of hundreds of water mills in Fushimi. And I, I imagine that landscape of long time ago as was well, it was exciting. It was uh a fun of it's the joy of the tourist to imagine the 
the historical landscape. Because these days they are not there anymore, right? You wouldn't see any of these small mills. No, no. But we can still imagine. Imagine. Yeah. So we're talking about water, and I know there is a big connection with, with the water, obviously, also with the shrine. So you were telling me a story before. Do you remember? Yeah, you, the, the Gokonomiya shrine, the shrine which has a, a well called Gokosui. It literally means uh, water with good aroma. And that, that we, you can drink the water in the shrine, and you can, you can even fill up your, your water bottle and take take to home the shrine water is essential because the the shrine shares the water source the same water source with breweries so the sacred water in the shrine is a brewing water of the breweries of shimi so maybe that's one reason why the sake is so good <laughs> right 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 exactly so so the the what attract attracts us is like they're all connected the sake industry the history and the the shrine the local community they're all connected fushimi just is a sake production area but fushimi is a city with a local community with sake brewing and history and tourism and everything so everything is closely connected in the Fushimi city. That's uh, what Fushimi is. Hmm. And I guess, and it might be hard to imagine for people who don't know it, mm -hmm. because it is quite a small stretch, right? You said two kilometers, uh, 23 plus breweries. Mm -hmm. So what can people expect to find when they visit? The most attractive thing you, you may find when you walk down the, the city of Fushimi Especially in the southeast part of Fushimi, there you you will find traditional brewery buildings with black burned cedar walls, and sometimes with uh, the red brick chimneys and uh, the white stucco. They are historical, traditional brewery buildings, and most of them are now not in under operation. They are now used in as restaurants and museums, but you will enjoy the the landscape of the the traditional buildings in a row. And uh, so you mentioned that there are about 24, 25 breweries in Shimi, and uh, the size of the breweries varies. There are three mega mega size breweries and several medium size breweries and uh, like many, the small size and many of them are family-run breweries. In my opinion, the most prominent historical building is Gekekan Okurasaki Museum, which is obviously was used as a brewery and now is as museum. And there are, there are many, like I think several brewery buildings combined into one, one museum and inside they have one small brewery for uh, for tu for tourists and for brewing special sakes and you can appreciate from the uh, outside and when you visit the museum you will appreciate the, the interior of the building 
the wooden wall and the wooden ceiling and uh, the windows and walls and and wells of brewing sake brewing water and uh, Rikikika is one of the mega size breweries in in Fushimi and uh, most of them have large modern factory breweries which has around like five stories of building with ferro concrete and among among of these Kizakura one which is also one of the mega brewery opens its factory to tourists and you will enjoy the modern and high quality mass production it's an important part of Fushimi sake brewing mass production with constant quality is one of the Fushimi's arts of sake production the breweries have highly developed techniques to brew sake of stable and steady quality regardless of the variance of the quality of rice which means it is a philosophy of the reason it is a brewing philosophy of the fushimi and sake brewed with that philosophy it has the regionality of fushimi as a center of sake production we have well, a fixed image of local sake with local rice and local yeast and uh, reflecting regionality but fushimi has another philosophy another regionality which is, which is uh, the high tech high technology developed within the brewers community to brew a high quality sake and stable quality that is one very important regionality of fushimi that's really interesting because i actually had a very different opinion about fushimi as a place because when we were talking about the 23 plus breweries we were I think you said it earlier, you were talking about the three kind of mega breweries, but then obviously everything else would be medium size, family run, some not open to the public, some like mm. semi, maybe have a shop, maybe have a little bit of a look in, but don't come in kind of attitude towards it. So it's quite interesting to hear that you think that the mega producers are forming the style of the area more than the others. Right, right. The breweries in Fushimi are pretty diverse. They have their own philosophies and directions. So as a taste of sake, when you test these, you might find the difference, the variety of flavor profiles. But many people agree with the shared sense. There is a shared sense of the Fushimi-ish thing, which is the smooth and discreet taste, which does not disturb the dish. Uh, the difference and the similarities you might find in the taste of sake, but as you have experienced the atmosphere of the region by walking down in Fushimi, you should have, you should already have imagined that. Yeah, I think it's actually really beautiful just walking around. But I think what's really difficult, especially when you're not speaking Japanese, mm. um, like I do, <laughs> is you often don't understand what is what, <laughs> and it's also kind of hard to to plan your trip and say, oh, this is what I really want to see because it's really worth it. And this is something that I might skip. So in your opinion, or if you go to Fushimi or you bring people down there, like, is there any breweries that you would recommend for people to visit? Because again, I mean, it's impossible to see all of them. 
and some of them also don't have or, or don't let visitors come in mm. so is there anything you would recommend within those not many breweries give tours but many of them have brewery shops where you can try tasting sake and they have a restaurant to enjoy the sake and the Kyoto food and some breweries have museums too in the southeast part of Shimi you find the the traditional brewery buildings one of these is Gekeikan's Okura Sake Museum which was used for actually for brewing until the like 20 years ago and the Gekeikan Okura Sake Museum is excellent of course you you can taste the sake and you feel the the history of not only the brewery but the history of the whole region of sake brewing of Fushimi and the history of the Fushimi, the city itself, and the sake brewing. You can appreciate everything. And there is another museum which is as contrast to the historical buildings of Okura Sake Museum. It is Kizakura factory of, and they have large factory of automated sake brewing, and they, you will visit and you see the the sake brewing process or modern automated process if you visit two museums you will enjoy the both sides of fushimi history and the mass production sake brewing so the two museums that you just mentioned do you think they are interesting as well for people who know a little bit more about sake or i'm, I'm kind of curious because i haven't been yet because they were closed during the pandemic so I hadn't had a chance to go in. What's the experience for people who do visit? I mean, how much do you get to see? These two museums are for mainly for, for beginners, beginners who are not very familiar with sake and sake brewing, sake culture. They will enjoy a lot. If you are very familiar with sake, you will you have different perspective and you will enjoy, even though you are seeing the same museum, both kinds of people can enjoy the museum. You will see the, the history of the East, history of the pasteurizing process and the tasting the different sake from one brewery, which can attract people who are familiar with sake. These two breweries are designed to entertain both people who are not very familiar with sake and the sake connoisseurs too. The other question probably is as well, like how much time would you spend in Fushimi or is there a certain way of how you recommend people to visit? Like, would you go very early in the morning or do you think it's all right to show up at lunch and try some sake and then go home? Like, how would you recommend people to kind of plan their day around Fushimi? As we mentioned before, Fushimi is a center of transportation. You can like do a day trip in Fushimi from the morning to the evening. But I highly recommend to stay at Fushimi to enjoy the, the local community and the local, the, at least the atmosphere of the, the local community. Because the Fushimi is the center of the sake industry and also is the center of the local community. When you have a chance to visit Fushimi in the brewing season, which is usually from September to March, 
wake up at 6 a.m. and walk around the region, you might notice the stream of vapor rising up the sky from various places. They are the sign of rice steaming, which is the beginning of the brewing routine almost every day. When you see them, you might be aware that you merely in the center of the sake brewery accumulated sake production place. And if you're lucky, when they press sake early in the morning, you might feel fruity aromas of ginjo sake floating around the region. I have had such experiences occasionally, which made me so exciting. So staying in the or staying the night sounds like the way to go. I'm actually wondering, like, what's the earliest train to get down? Could you be right. in Fushimi that early if you were not staying? Yes, if you stay in Kyoto, if you take the, there are trains of like five o'clock and 5.30. And I, when I worked in a brewery, I committed from the center of Kyoto to Fushimi. And I remember I started from like six o'clock. Oh, great. So definitely doable, right? So <laughs> whether you're staying for the night, which I think is also a lovely idea, or if you're right, right. on a bit of a tighter schedule and you just want to kind of head down for, for a morning or a day, um, sounds good. I kind of want to go and smell the, <laughs> the ginjo now in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic experience. The ginjo aroma is usually on your glass, but on the street, floating around the street, the ginjo, ginjo aroma is, is fantastic. Which makes me also feel like you could probably just go for dinner and then keep staying awake at the river, <laughs> waiting mm. for the morning. Mm. Might be another option. Mm. So as uh, I'm repeating that because it is very important. As the sake industry is the center of the local community, or I might, I might say sake industry is embedded in the region and the local people live with sake brewing. Many people have a strong relationships with the industry itself. And even though this area is becoming a bedroom town of two large cities, Kyoto and Osaka, for the convenience of transportation. All the people in Fushimi are connected in a practical or business way or emotional way. When people in Fushimi see the vapors of rice steaming, they might feel a sense of closeness and uh, they are belonging to the sake production area. Appreciating the landscape early in the morning would give the tourists too a similar feeling. And I, I'd like to mention about the, the connection between the local people and the sake industry. That is uh, Kurabiraki or open brewery. They do twice a year. They open the brewery and they welcome the customers. The many of local people enjoy the open brewery and some of them participate in like preparing the serving foods and serving sake for the customers from outside of Shimi. And these are free events or are, do you have to get a ticket for that normally? Yes, normally we, we buy tickets, but this is very inexpensive. It is 
like 100 yen for one cup they're just like selling tickets for to uh organize things they are not not for the profits as there are so many breweries in a small area we can visit multiple breweries at the same time we can visit we can participate multiple instances of open brewery at the same time the same day usually about like around 10 breweries collaborate the Kurabiraki open brewery in the same date we have such Kurabiraki in twice a year in spring and autumn every year and besides that the Shotengai. Shotengai is a shopping street with an arcade uh, collection of small local stores. They have an event yearly with breweries, a collaboration with breweries and the local community, and where they can, where we can taste sake and uh, enjoy local food of the various restaurants of the region of the Shotengai the shopping street. And it is very nice. It's very exciting to, because uh, we feel not only the the power of sake brewery and the local shops, but we we feel lucky when we find something that is a fruit of collaboration of local community and brewery. So this is probably also a great point in time to sort of move the conversation over to places where we can drink sake in Fushimi <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and eat and yeah. enjoy. Do you have a favorite place? Is there is there anything that you'd say if you're down in Fushimi, you have to go and visit that restaurant? Yes, I. there are many, many local restaurants and many of them serve Fushimi sake. And there are several like restaurants for tourists. But tourists means the tourists from Kyoto, from the the neighboring area. Some breweries run sake restaurants and izakayas, and uh, there is a one fabulous yakitori place called Torisei, run by Shinsei Sake Brewery, and the Gekeikan runs a restaurant called Tsukino Krabito, which is awesome. And there are more restaurants run by breweries. Fujioka Shuzo, known by its brand Soku, has a small and cozy bar where you can see inside the brewery through a large window behind the bar counter. Besides that, many breweries have liquor shops. You can sample and taste their sake before you select some. Okinaya, the brewery shop of Tomio, of Kitagawa Honke Brewery sells all kinds of sake, including sake moisturizer. And it measures and sells its freshly pressed sake directly from the tank. You might enjoy the shopkeeper opening the tap, exact same shape as the tap water in your in your house, and pouring sake. And the, the shopkeeper pours sake directly from the tank to the bottle, and here you are. Nice. So can I just ask you, I'm a bit curious, because recently I went to a brewery town and it turned out that the brewers off season were all working in the bar. So everybody who was in the bar working mm -hmm. 
was actually brewing sake during the season. So they kind of had a bit of a part-time job as as barman and, and chefs and waiters. So I'm curious, these bars that are run by breweries in Fushimi, are the people that are working in them also brewing sake? Do you know that? Okay, usually most of the companies in Fushimi uh, has like as modern working environment and they most of them are hired yearly, hired entire year. So unlike the the other breweries where the brewers only work in the brewing season, they have their jobs, their own job in the brewery. And I think there is no such fantastic place in Jimmy. <laughs> Unfortunately, but Very there is, but there is a, a it's like sake tema park. It's a wonderland of uh, sake in Fushimi. It's, it's called Fushimi Sakakura Koji, where you can experience Fushimi sake and the various a variety of food. And since you you've been there multiple mm. times, uh, the Fushimi Sakakura Koji and how was it? Well, to be very honest with you. If you're looking for it on, on Google, it's also called the uh, Fushimi Sake Village. And it, it's famous for its 18 sake cup tasting set. Not necessarily because it's so tasty, but because it's so Instagrammable. And yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. I think there's plenty of food. And I, if you do know what you want to order and if you know your way around, I think it can be an amazing experience. However, if you don't know, I think it can be pretty disappointing mm. and especially so just to give you a little bit more context to this you get a menu it's about 14 15 pages and it's chock-a-block full with sake oh. all from Fushimi and if you don't speak Japanese you don't really know what's going on mm. and then they have pre-made sake sets of, of three sake like tasting sets mm. and then they have the famous notorious 18 sake tasting set mm. and this 18 sake tasting set comes in at about 2,500 yen, so $25. And then if you get a taster for three, it might be between 900 and 2,500 yen. So many people obviously order the bigger set because that's what you do. You want to try everything, right? This is how you want to drink sake. You want to, you want to get a really good impression of what the sake in Fushimi is about. Mm -hmm. Just really unfortunately, the sake that you get in this tasting set is rather disappointing. Oh. So you, you didn't find the, the, the something, something in common, something Fushim each thing, so you didn't realize that, oh, oh this is uh, a character of Fushimi sake? Not really. I think out of the 18, I, mm. I might enjoy three. <laughs> and uh, the group I was with, and that was not just once, um, we had exactly the same. I feel actually it does a little bit of a disservice to Fushimi sake, because mm -hmm. if you wouldn't know that there's great sake in Fushimi and you drink this, mm -hmm. you probably think that is representative of the area and you wouldn't be a huge fan of it. I see. It is, it is always important. It is always essential to when you, especially when you were in the brewing area, it would, in brewery or in the the region, it is necessary and it is essential to essential to experience both the taste of sake and the, the story of 
the original story of the the brewery and the wars of the brewers at the same time. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean that's exactly where they're also missing the mm. <laughs> the point because there is not as much story. Mm. You you just get a lot of sake and then you try your your way through them and it it really is a little bit meaningless mm. in 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 what it is mm. and then coming back to the menu that is just humongous. Mm. If you don't already know what you kind of want to drink, mm. you're really lost with it, you know? Mm. Again, we're kind of in a Japanese environment because this is more built out for, mm. for local tourists rather than um, English speaker or, or people from other countries. So I do think, although it has a lot of opportunity, mm. a lot of people will not enjoy their experience unless they just want to take a couple of photos. <sighs> It's very difficult. It is very essential, essential issue that it the ideal way is to like taste, as I mentioned, taste taste the sake and the the background one by one. But uh, but you can experience that in any other part of Japan, as long as if you have one brewery. But but I I assume that they are procuring how to enjoy how to entertain people who are visiting the sake production area, sake fushimi, the sake brewery accumulated area. So the 18 sake tasting set is one answer of them, but it's not working. And uh, probably um, it's difficult, but but it is next to impossible to taste taste 18 sake and uh, visit 18 breweries at the same time. but. There might be a way to feel the whole, the image, the atmosphere of the region itself as a whole, and taste the sake of the region. It's very different from seeing the the character, seeing the background of the brewery and the sake, but it's kind of like feeling the the atmosphere, feeling what Hushimi is. But the the eighteen tasting set was not a uh, best answer to that. It's very difficult. I I'd like to I'd like to seek the 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 same thing. I think there's certainly a better way to drink sake mm. in Fushimi than ordering this. And again, there is other sake on the menu. There is actually plenty of it. The mm. question really is just like how do you navigate it and how do you uh, enjoy the sake from the area. Mm. Um, and have fun with it. So my question for you would actually be, do you have like a favorite sake from Fuchimi? Is there is there a go-to brewery that you really love and you'd say, if you go there, please try this? I this is a very tough question because I love I like many of Fuchimi sakes. You can also give me three. <laughs> it doesn't have to be just one. Give us a few of them. But because there's a lot, and we also know there's not always just one brand, right? Every mm -hmm. brewery has different brands. So mm -hmm. if you hit this with a couple of them, people can take notes. And when they come down, mm -hmm. they know how to have a better experience at the Sake Village by being able to order something that they will enjoy. And they're all, most of, they're all good sake. They all brew sake and they all brew good sake. And as I mentioned, as we mentioned before, the Fushimi has a wide variety of sake in terms of flavor and brewing styles. And amongst them, Tsuki no Katsura is uh, famous for uh, brewing kasse nigori sake, which means active nigori sake, 
a refreshing cloudy sake with plenty of gas. And, and the brewery is a pioneer of brewing that the sort of sake. And I recommend to taste the, the most standard active nigori sake of Tsukinokatsura. And the brewery also is a, a front runner of aged sakes. They age sake in uh, traditional porcelain bottles, porcelain large bottles of, I think, probably 18 liters. Mm. They're awesome. And uh, a few breweries in Fushimi adopt ancient methods like Kimoto and Yamahai. And amongst them, the Kimoto sake of Shotoku is one of my favorites. The taste is excellent, especially of both new, both fresh sake and aged one. Shotoku Kimoto. And the Matsumoto Brewery brews modern sake, which is delicate taste, delicate flavor, crisp and clean, which brings cheerfulness to the, to the table. And you may want to enjoy with a wine glass the Matsumoto sake. And besides that, Eikun brews a sake optimized for warm sake with uh, a new yeast called Kyo no Haku, which was developed by the Kyoto Municipal Institute of Technology and Culture. And uh, I like the warm sake of the Kyo no Haku sake of Eikun. This is excellent and a great companion with food. Awesome. Awesome. So there's there's loads, lots of sake that people can drink. I have to stop you. I feel like we're running out of time. We could probably but, go but, on. <laughs> before you stop, I... I always share the most important thing last. And you might also want to taste the most fushimi sakes, uh, with, uh, which has discrete flavors that brings up the delicate flavor of Kyoto cuisine. Mm. They are, in my opinion, Gekeikan and Tomiyo sake. They are typical fushimi sakes in, in a sense. And with these sakes, you might feel the taste that, uh, that was developed along the the culinary culture of Kyoto for centuries and the philosophy behind it is excellent and they developed the brewing technique and the philosophy of pairing with Kyoto food that is excellent that is excellent so I recommend to enjoy the wide variety of fushimi sake and the, the most traditional style of fushimi sake and I think that's an awesome recommendation and I think before we wrap up, I think maybe we can touch on one more thing, and that's where to buy sake if you're in Fushimi and if there's anything else sake related that you might want to try or bring home. And I'm, I'm hinting on sake kasu. I know there is a very special place. So do you want to give us maybe one or two recommendations on where to buy sake there? And then we head into our goodbyes. Most of the breweries in Fushimi have brewery shops and they sell their sake and i recommend to visit brewery shops because they not only sell their sake but they the shopkeepers explain about the sake and other brewery and in the shotengai the shopping street there are some liquor stores which sells all the sakes from fushimi breweries the famous one is called aburacho is in the 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 largest shotengai or shopping street called Otesuji. It's in between the the station 
and the brewing area. And I think once before you also told me about a shop that is, I'm not sure if it's specialized in sakikasu, but it has sakikasus from all different breweries. Yes, there is a liquor shop in Fushimi called Shibaoto, which sells sakekasu, sake leaves, the, the byproduct of sake brewing. And the, the place sells different sakekasu from various uh, breweries. And it was interesting. I was, when I visited and talked with the shop master, and she said, Oh, this sakekasu from this brewery is good for soup. And if you make like pancake or pound cake, I recommend to use this because <laughs> from this brewery. This is very interesting. And uh, they have different aromas. And depending on the season, in autumn or winter or early spring, they have different tastes of sakekasu, sake which is interesting. I love it. And I never heard about anything like mm. that before. Mm. And there, there are cafes which serve sakekasu. This is sakekasu sweets. Sakekas, uh, the toast with sakekas cream and sakekas ice cream. I love it. Uh, and in that sense, sake, uh, the fushimi is in the circle of reusing uh, the, in the circle of the sake production, the circle of sake production, they use, they consume sake and they make use of byproduct of sakekasu. Mm -hmm. mm. And it brings it back to what you mentioned earlier, right? The community. Um, almost everyone that lives there is somehow involved within the sake industry. So it makes sense that obviously also the byproducts, not just the sake itself, is used within the kitchens and the bars and all the places within, within the Fushimi area. But yeah, so many things. And again, I think we could probably <laughs> talk for a little bit longer, but we do have to wrap up. So I'm wondering any last words that you like to share with our listeners? And of course, where can people find you or follow you? Okay, it was it was good to like share the, my my thoughts here, my experience to the international audiences, and uh, how to follow me. Uh, I have uh, a website called sakeconcierge.com. The website is mainly written in Japanese, but you, you may find the the menu called English menu, and there are some articles about sake in English and the links to my YouTube channel and Instagram accounts, which are, are written in, in English too. And of course, we will put the link into our show notes to make it easier for you guys listening. And thank you so much for joining us today, Umio, and sharing all of your knowledge with us. Thank you for having me, Cynthia, and thank you for listening to our conversation and it was so exciting to talk about sake and the fushimi and the sake culture for international listeners thank you very much as already said always a pleasure so this is it for today or tonight we will be back with another episode of sake on air very soon but in the meantime if you want to see what we're up to you can do so on our instagram twitter or facebook just look for sake on air and of course if you would like to reach out to us you can also do so. Just send us an email at questions at sakeonair.com. We're always excited to hear your feedback, suggestions. And of course, if you've got some questions, we do love a good challenge. But for now, we let you go. So until next time, kanpai.
Sake on Air has been made possible with the generous support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center located in the heart of Tokyo. The show is brought to you by Potsuke Production with audio production by Mr. Frank Walter. <laughs>